0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. We uh, have been teaching
1: for a couple of weeks on a series that we've entitled Righteousness or a series about righteousness. And um, I want to share some things with you this morning that, uh, that I trust will be a blessing to you. I know it will be a blessing to you if your eyes are open to see you what the Bible's really saying and your ears open to hear it righteousness is a difficult um, subject shouldn't be but it's a difficult subject because the natural man our flesh even our unrenewed minds typically associate righteousness with behavior and nowhere does the Bible talk about righteousness in connection with behavior nowhere Somebody defined uh, righteousness as the ability to stand before God without a sense of guilt or condemnation. That's true, but I don't like that definition. And the reason I don't like that definition is because the key phrases that people lock in on is the part of without sin, without guilt or condemnation. And so often when we stand before God, we do feel condemned, not coming from him, but because we listen to the lies of the devil we do feel our inferiority. We do feel the, the means and the measures whereby we don't live up to what we know the Bible says we should. And so that causes many people to, to discount the righteousness that the Bible says belongs to us already. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30 says that Christ has made unto us wisdom. That means it's already there. It's already yours. You can't do anything about it. It's there, it took place, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that's the way it's always gonna be. Now, I know that when you say things like that, sometimes people will say, well, yeah, but what about Hebrews six? Hebrews six talks about an extreme condition, in my opinion, very, very rare case, where someone, after walking with God, and growing spiritually to a, a heightened degree of maturity, Chooses To give up their salvation I'm not talking to people that are, that are Focused on that I'm talking to people that love God I don't know about you but I don't want out of the family of God I never will want out of the family of God And so when I make an absolute statement like I just did About there's nothing you can do about it I'm talking about to those who want to be in the family of God And want to serve Him and want to please Him Amen? Too many times people focus on the extreme cases and they miss the import the devil uses that as a tool to rob them of what belongs to them now so we'll start in Isaiah chapter 54 beginning in verse 14 it says in righteousness shalt thou be established thou shalt be far from oppression for thou shalt not fear and from terror you'll be far from terror too in other words for it shall not come near you now, the, uh, the word righteousness in the, in the Hebrew, the word that's translated righteousness in the Hebrew, means rightness. And then Strongest Concordance gives a couple of examples or areas where things are restored or made right before God. It uses as an example justice. It uses as an example virtue, character traits, virtue. And it uses as an example prosperity. But the implication is very simply this righteousness is a restoration it's a return to how things were supposed to be the right way that things were supposed to be and of course we know that it's talking about before the fall of man in the garden of eden so it says in righteousness or rightness you shall be established now the word established means to stand firm or to stand upright and so it's telling us that righteousness is the foundation of the church righteousness is the foundation of the church is the foundation for every person that's in the family of god yet if we were to ask the question how many of you are righteous in most christian circles you'd have very very few people raise their hands and even if you did find somebody that would raise their hand we're bold enough to say well yeah i believe i am righteous then would have to add to that but i don't feel like it and feelings have absolutely nothing to do with anything How you feel does not change who you were made to be. In righteousness you shall be established. If the church doesn't understand righteousness, then what kind of foundation does the church have? The Bible just says the foundation of of, uh, the church, our Christian lives, is to be righteousness. Or is righteousness. Yet so few people take advantage of what belongs to them. Notice in verse 17, it says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. That includes yours. If you buy into the devil's lie and accept and/or speak condemnation about yourself and about your condition or about your Christian walk, the Bible says that in righteousness you should condemn that tongue. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me turn with me over to Romans chapter 5 we'll read another two verses over here starting in verse 17 it says for if literally for since by one man's offense talking about Adam in the garden of Eden death spiritual death reigned by one much more shall they which receive the abundance of grace that means the finished work of Jesus and all he accomplished for us Much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Notice that he's telling us that righteousness is not only the foundation for the church, foundation for the family of God, but righteousness is also that which causes us to have a place of authority in the earth. Again, I have to remind you that the implication is a restoration The Bible says Jesus said of himself that Jesus uh, came to restore all things unto God by himself by his sacrifice the restoration has to be back to the garden of Eden before man fell now the Bible tells us specifically that Jesus put away sin he removed it now I know what people think if if Jesus removes sin then why do I keep stumbling and falling those are two unrelated issues Jesus put away sin for your sake. It's been done away with. You go to God talking about sins of the past, he doesn't know what you're talking about. They've been put away. They've been put away. So if righteousness is our foundation, which it is, and righteousness is the key to our victory, or the proper use and exercise of authority here in the earth, shouldn't we know something about it? Notice verse 21. It says that as sin has reigned unto death that was sent from adam forward that as sin has reigned unto death even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by jesus christ our lord again he brings out the point that the finished work of jesus and this gift of righteousness you can't earn it but this gift of righteousness is what sets you on high and what brings victory in every area of life finally second corinthians chapter 5 Verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, what old things passed away? The unrighteous nature in, that made us children of the devil. The unrighteous nature that passed upon all men, the spiritual death that passed upon all men. Paul wrote to the Ephesian church and he said, The problem with the, the world is not that they're sinners is that they're enemies of god they're spiritually dead well that's what passes away the bible tells us that god takes away the stony heart the spiritually dead man on the inside and puts a new spirit in us that's what being born again is it's being recreated in the likeness in the image of god well what would the likeness in the image of god be if not righteous we're restored to that place of union now the word righteous in the new testament the greek translates uh, into the new test into the english righteousness the word that means equity equity of character equity of character now i don't know about you but that doesn't mean much to me but what it's saying and what it's referring to what it's trying to get across to us is a place of equality you remember the bible says in philippians to let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus who thought it not robbery to be equal with god that's what being made in the likeness and the image of god means being made equal with god now that doesn't mean you've got all the power of the universe like god does but it means you are one with him in spirit that was the prayer jesus prayed in john chapter 17 on the night that he was betrayed and the crucifixion experience began he prayed that we would be one with him as he was one with the father That's why the Bible says we're joint heirs with Christ. There's an equity of character, an equity of spirit. Again, the implication is it's a restoration. It's a bringing back to where we were originally intended to be in the image and nature of God. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Let's keep reading verse 18. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. The word reconciliation means a mutual exchange. That means your spiritual death was traded for Jesus' spiritual life, eternal life. There's a mutual exchange. You lost everything about who you were when Jesus died on the cross. And you gained everything that he is through his resurrection. You're not just a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner and you were saved by grace. So that now you're the righteousness of God in him.
0: Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing.
1: Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease.
0: Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the Phi Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.
1: And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. The good news is the price has already been paid. The exchange has already been made. Nothing for you and I to do except accept the gift. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them or against them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in God, Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. For he, God, has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, if, you, if we back up and take an overview of the, of the New Testament particularly, One of the issues that Paul had the hardest time getting across and one of the things that seems to be the hardest for people to accept is the idea that righteousness is a gift and that you can't earn it. Because everything about the Jewish culture where the church began, everything about the Jewish culture, and and not just the Jews, I think it's a function of natural man. I think it became the, the focus of all mankind when Adam fell in the Garden of Eden. But that focus is... How we're behaving the lifestyle that we're living and you can never find a place in the new testament where it talks about works of righteousness or the fruits of righteousness where it speaks to behavior you just can't find it paul ministered to the gentiles the good news of jesus and invariably over and over again the pattern seemed to be that the jews would send somebody or rise up against the church, infiltrate the church, and then try to impose upon the church some rules or regulations, specifically the law of Moses, and tell everybody that Jesus is good and we're glad that he died for us and he may be the Christ and he's the Messiah and all that's wonderful, but you still got to keep the law of Moses. Well, since Jesus said he came to fulfill the law of Moses, not to do away with it, but to fulfill it, complete it literally... Then what would we need the, the law of moses for what would the law of moses add to us not a thing but people took that truth that paul preached and apparently from some of the things that he wrote to the church apparently the attitude and the idea of some people was well if we're saved by grace and if it's all a gift and it has nothing to do with our works or our behavior then it doesn't matter if we sin we, we won't even try to resist sin because sin is unrelated to the gift of righteousness. Well, Paul tried to correct that, but then James, the pastor of the church of Jerusalem, comes along, and James' letter to the church indicates the issues and the degree to which the righteousness of God and the grace of God, the gift of righteousness, was understood in the church, because his whole thing was about showing good works because we've been saved. He wrote to the followers of of Jesus, the Jews the Jewish Christians that were scattered abroad. And he said, what good does it do if you say that you have faith but then you don't live it in front of others? He said faith without works is dead. Now the works he's talking about are not the works of the law. They're not the works of the law of Moses. He's talking about corresponding actions. In other words, he says, you should live what you speak about believing. You should live what you claim to believe. Now, why would Paul, or I'm sorry, why would James write that if that wasn't a prevalent issue in the early church? So the bottom line is this, folks. Even after we're born again, even after we're made the righteousness of God, the default position because of Adam's sin and the fall of man in the garden of Eden the default position is to look to ourselves and our success or lack of it in doing things that we think are good and right in order to please God and the Bible could not be any clearer that that has nothing to do with what's called the gift of righteousness look with me to Romans chapter 3 He summarizes, Paul summarizes in verse 20. He says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, in other words, keeping the law of Moses, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now, I don't know about you folks, but I'm not tempted to keep the law of Moses. I don't have a lamb growing in my backyard for the next sacrifice. (laughs) So why would the Holy Ghost say for us letters that speak to people that were involved in ritual sacrifice animal sacrifice as well as the other 630 commandments of the law why would he save that for us if it were not an issue for our present day the issue for us is not the law of Moses but the issue is still the same thing there's still the same focus the focus that began after Adam and Eve fell in the garden of Eden they hid themselves because they saw their condition and saw how far short they fell or how far short they came to living up to the righteous nature of God. Ever since then, it seems, natural man's tendency is to look at himself and become self-aware. And because man has been spiritually dead, and even now that we're born again, our bodies still have the, the experience, residual experience of spiritual death in our flesh. Paul called it this body of death. We still have the same tendency to look at ourselves And judge whether or not God is pleased with us By our lifestyle or our behavioral choices So the truth that Paul is preaching to the Romans About not needing to keep the law of Moses Is true for us in whatever way the devil tries to make us think That we're falling short Therefore by the deeds of the law There shall no flesh be justified in his sight Let's say it this way By the actions or behavioral choices of man no flesh will be justified in the sight of God. That means whether you live or live right or live wrong. It doesn't justify you in God's sight. Now it doesn't say that living right doesn't have benefits. It doesn't say that living wrong will have consequences. It doesn't do away with either of those. But it has nothing to do with being justified in the sight of God. It has nothing to do with the gift of righteousness. Not a thing in the world verse 21 but now the righteousness of god without or apart from or separate from the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of god which is by faith of jesus christ unto all and upon all them that believe for there is no difference between jew and gentile he says the righteousness of god that is manifested is separate from any works that you can ever do now i keep saying this i keep coming back to the same point and that is the implication is a restoration jesus came to restore us back to the place with god that adam had before the fall the place of restoration what did god tell adam in the garden of eden he gave him one commandment he said you can eat of the fruit of every tree except this one In the day that you eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Spiritual death. Notice what he didn't tell him. He didn't say, now Adam, make sure not to speak unkindly to Eve because that will bring death on you in so many ways you can't even count. What instructions, what commandments do we have record of that God told Adam other than don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? None. None why surely there were things that god spoke to adam about the operation of the world surely there were things that god had to explain to adam about the exercise and the use of his authority because he'd been given dominion over all the works of god's hands why is there no record why is there no indication of what i would assume would be fantastic Question and answer sessions that Adam had with God in the cool of the day when he walked with him in the garden. Why not? Because there's not one action that Adam could take in the whole earth, in the exercise of his authority over the whole earth that would change his nature. Only one. Eating the fruit that was forbidden. The fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, how does that relate to us? Turn with me over to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Let's start in verse 20. It says, for if our hearts, here's the word since, since our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. In other words, John is starting off with saying, I know how it works with all of us. And that is the devil brings condemnation. He brings condemnation. He wants us to resist our relationship with God or temper our relationship with God or hold back in our relationship with God because of our feelings. Verse 21, he said, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. Paul said, talking about his own struggle, writing about his own situation in Romans chapter 7, about not being able to control the actions of his flesh. He said, I find myself that is my flesh, doing things that my heart resists or resents. I on the inside, the man on the inside, the man that's been made a new creature in Christ Jesus, the man that received the gift of righteousness, doesn't want to do wrong. But I find in my body the influence, the experience of spiritual death to such a degree that I can't always control my body and make it do what my heart wants it to do. He says, who will deliver me from this body of death? He said, I thank my God, Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. John seems to be writing along the same lines. He says, no matter how you feel, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. Where is our confidence supposed to come from? Is our confidence supposed to come from the feelings of being right with God? You can't count on those feelings. They're not always going to be there. More often than not, the feelings are going to be telling you that you're not right with God. So where does our confidence come from? Our confidence comes from the knowledge of the truth that it's not our behavior that brings us right standing. It's a gift that was given and will never be rescinded. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Jesus said on one occasion, he said, I always do that which pleases my Father. He said on another occasion, I always do the will of the Father. How could Jesus do that? We assume, we the, the, the natural man assumes, that Jesus had something different than us. And he did. He didn't have the experience of sin in his body. He was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. But he didn't have the experience of spiritual death in his body that we have, that we carry. That's why he had to be born of a virgin to bypass that, to be the perfect sacrifice. But this is saying because we're in him, because he died for us, the exchange was made, spiritual death for spiritual life, eternal life. Because of that, we can know that God always hears us and that we are always doing those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now again, the natural mind immediately goes to behavior, choices actions in our life and the devil's always there to and quick to be there to tell us how he thinks we've fallen short but that's not what's to govern us beloved if our heart condemn us not then we have confidence toward god and whatsoever we ask we receive of him because he keep we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight you have every right to say just like jesus said because you've been born again because you're a child of god you're a joint heir with christ I always do those things that please my Father. Because you're not sinning from the inside. The man on the inside resents the sin that's in our flesh. I always do those things that please my Father. That's what the Bible's telling us. Because we've been made joint heirs with him. And this is his commandment. Verse 23. This is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he has given us. Now the problem with that is the word commandment again. We keep his commandments. That that leads the natural man to think about lifestyle. It, It leads the natural man to think about behavior. And he's not talking about behavior. He just identified what the commandment was. It's similar to what Jesus said in John chapter 13 verses 34 and 35. He said, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. By this shall all men know you're my disciples if you have love one toward another. But notice John adds something. He doesn't just say love one another as he gave us commandment. What does John know? John knows what the Bible was intended to teach all of us. Over and over and over again, many times, it tells us that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. The Word of God tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. That means to live like God's Word is true. Train yourself so that no matter what happens in life, your first question is what does the Bible say about this? Then do what it says, and watch the blessings of God come to pass. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
1: Why not enjoy the experience of being eternally righteous, even when we slip, even when we stumble, even when we fall? Believing God is the sum total of righteousness.
0: Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6.00 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7.00 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word